Football is finally back. My friends at Scana Energy can help you save when you fire up the grill for game day. Right now, receive up to $100 when you sign up for the 36-month fixed rate. Call now, 1-877-GO-SCANA, or visit scanaenergy.com slash 100. Additional terms and conditions may apply. And now, it's time for FinCast. Boom, shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Finneran is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Finneran who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, it is the time again alongside... Arguably the greatest Falcons wide receiver of all time. You'd have to make I mean, pretty, arguably. You'd have to make a pretty good argument. <laughs> well, hey, I said an argument. Okay. We made. Uh, alongside Brian Finneran, BFIN86, I'm Tyler Nelson, and it is another episode of Vincast. And Ben, we are increasingly creeping, uh, creeping, creepily creeping up to the beginning of Falcons and football season. So having said that, uh, since the last episode there's not too much news except for uh something we talked about is changed and that's aj mccarron out for the season was it a torn acl yeah torn acl not in fun preseason game against the uh, miami dolphins early felipe franks came in and did a nice job filling in uh, and finished the whole rest of the game yeah. it was going to be a first half second half deal but felipe had to come in in the second quarter after after aj scrambled on a second and seven uh, tried to make a little move out to his left, got hit, and his right knee just buckled real quick. I saw him lay on the ground because I watch these things pretty closely. And when I saw him kind of – when you lay on the ground and you kind of just kind of go dead for a second yeah, because you're thinking about something hurts real bad or you're trying to figure out what the heck just happened to your knee, uh, I saw it and I thought to myself, I don't think he's okay. He got up, took the next snap. Uh, I think it was in under the center, dropped back, mm-hmm. handed it off, and you see him limp away. And you realize the previous play, he tore his ACL, which was a shame. So he's done. He's on season-ending IR, and they had to go make a move and get and somebody else. And brought in Josh Rosen, who uh, bounced around a little bit, but is not even that old. In the, it's, what, two, three seasons total in the league? Like, yeah. Uh, top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, did he go to Arizona? Yeah, Cardinals? he went to Arizona and then Miami. Miami and then that might be, two yeah. other teams. No, Really? Yeah, check it out real quick if you yeah. would. I think he touched two other teams whether he was on the practice squad or on their uh, overall roster. But Josh Rosen out of UCLA, serviceable backup, but right. not the answer to, to what's your, what you want in case Matt Ryan goes down. They also worked out Blake Bortles this week as well. So it'll be very interesting to see if they take Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks and throw them to the Wolves and, yeah. uh, and let them do their thing in the last preseason game, or if Matt Ryan, in fact, will play this, which, which I hope he does. Well, and this is uh, so in, on uh, Pro Football Focus. It only has, I guess, his to starting years, mm-hmm. uh, which is 18 at Arizona and 19 at Miami. So I, I don't remember where he went at the other years. I wanted to say Buffalo, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, maybe I'm just confusing him with Allen. At Josh Allen, exactly. But, you know, again, it's like you said, hopefully he doesn't ha- – we never have to. It's like I said to you after that practice game, A.J. McCarron looked good. Hope we never have to see him, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that, that's hopefully it's true about Josh Rosen. But it's, an, it's a name you trust at least. Go ahead. No doubt. I got it right here. Arizona, Miami, and then, like I said, the Asterix is the practice squad. Or off season with Tampa Bay, okay, San Francisco 49ers last year as a third stringer probably, and then and then got cut by the San Francisco 49ers this training camp. Well, that's not a good. And sign. we picked them up. Well, <laughs> it's not bad because they got Garoppolo and right. they got Trey Lance, who they just drafted. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they need most most teams this day and age only have two quarterbacks on the roster, and most will stash a guy on the practice squad. 
and having a 16 man practice squad now with COVID regulations and everything yeah. else, it, it makes a big difference. So we'll talk about the 10 cuts they've made so far in just a second, but by next Tuesday, gosh, I don't know the date. It's probably August 30th, 30th, the 31st. Uh, they have to get down to 53. So you go from right. eight, 90 to 85 to 80 to 53 next week. So that's the big cut down. And uh, that's when everybody gets nervous and starts sweating the Grim Reaper coming into their locker and yeah. telling them they're done. The proverbial red card hanging in the locker, that's like Major it. League, right? Exactly. Um, well, as you said, uh, we, we, the other cuts we we mentioned, were there some notables that were worth, worth mentioning? One notable, uh, Javion Hawkins, the running back from Louisville. Mm-hmm. Shifty kind of scat back. Uh, people thought he had a chance to make this roster because he can return kicks, he can do some different things, and he's kind of a change of pace guy. But uh, he ended up uh, getting released in that second round and of If I recall cuts. correctly, he was featured a good bit in that practice game at, at the Benz, that Falcons on Falcons game. Yeah, we were at that game, and, yep. and it definitely saw him out there. Willie Wright, Austin Trammell, J. Van Hawkins, who I mentioned, uh, Saga Polu, I think it was a big defensive lineman, and then Sharif Miller, all those guys were released to get down to number 80 for the Falcons roster. So do a lot of those, I mean, if, if we're, if you go from 80 to 53, that's a bigger chunk than 90 to 90, 90 whatever. And, 90 and, to 80, yeah. Yeah, so are, do most of these guys know at some point, do they have a feeling? I mean, that's like it's, almost 30 people. That's 27 guys. Do, do most of them have a feeling and be like, okay, well, it was fun while it lasted, or hopefully I get picked up by somebody else, or hopefully I, next you, year? I think a lot of football players have this, uh, as my girlfriend Sandra Golden used to say, mm-hmm. false sense of fabulous. <laughs> where you, sometimes sometimes you have a tough time realizing your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Especially when you become an NFL player and you're the stud at your college, and now you go into a pool of guys that are either all as good as you or better than you. It's hard to realize where you stand. If you have a decent head on your shoulders and you can see what's going on around you and, and read the tea leaves, you pretty much have a good idea of, of what's going to happen. Now, there's probably five or ten guys on this team that'll be very – They'll be uncertain where they go. I was that way kind of in right. Seattle and in Philadelphia. So when I was at the Seahawks as an undrafted rookie free agent, uh, I didn't get a lot of opportunity in preseason games to play and show my stuff. I did okay in practices, and I was big, so I tried to play special teams, but I was still learning. And I thought it came down to me and a couple other guys, and they ended up keeping the six-round draft pick that they had Bobby Shaw. And they released me. Long story short, I go to Barcelona. I land in Philadelphia. Right. And I got to make that roster as like the fourth, third or fourth receiver. And it comes down to cut time. And, again, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was learning how to play special teams. John Harbaugh, the head coach at, in, in Baltimore right now, mm-hmm. was our special teams coordinator. And he informed me that they kept me because they won't need me to play special teams. And it was a great feeling. But I, at that point, I felt pretty good, but I wasn't totally wasn't sure. sure. So you have moments like that. But for the most part, I would say of the, of the what's 80 to 53, 27, 27 dudes, yeah. like you said, that we have to cut – 15 to 20 of them should know that they don't have a chance based off of numbers, based off of guys that are playing in front of them, based off of their performance in preseason. But there's a few position battles here or there that some That's people exactly are right. me, maybe. It's toss, me, sometimes me. it's a toss-up. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy that can play special teams, if you know you can play special teams in multiple positions, like if you know every receiver position and you play special teams, right. forget about it. you got a real good shot to make that football team. Well, um, I'll, that makes me think of a question I'll ask you at the end. Okay. Uh, but uh, I want to transition this thing, <laughs> and I get a real kick out of this. this is, and this is borrowing strictly from the Falcoholic, and that's a great website and um, definitely a better resource for Falcons information than this podcast. Uh, but uh, so How dare you? Credit. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, 
let's, let's, let's call it, let's speaking. Call it yeah, relatively speaking. I mean, they but, don't have the insight and knowledge. No, that I definitely. Have. Jeez, now, none of those guys were on the sidelines That's ever. That's exactly right. Um, but uh, so, credit to them. Um, they were doing a thing where the best player of any Atlanta sports team. Uh, by by the numbers, so by the jersey number. That by they the wore. jersey number, exactly, like five at a time. And I found the one for number eighty six. Okay, and um, there was a total of fourteen people of all Atlanta teams, and this includes even like the Dream and all professional teams. Fourteen players ever wore the number eighty six, and the best player ever was Falcons tight end Jim Mitchell, nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy nine. Mitchell, ten, yes, eleven Jim Mitchell. years. Yeah, uh, 11 years Pro league. Pro Bowl player. Pro Bowl player and spent all his whole uh, career with the team. So the first Falcon side in ever, and this is what uh, the, the author, and I apologies that I didn't have that down who wrote this, but here's what was said. I don't blame you if you think I, oh, well, um, excuse me, let me back up. The honorable mention was Falcons wide receiver Brian Fenneran, 2000-2010. So you were second place with, right. uh, with a small margin of error, if apparently. If you ain't first, yeah. you're last. Yeah, if you ain't first, you're <laughs> Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, he can be third or fourth. Um, and here's what it was said. I don't blame you if you think I ought to have switched these two players listed here. Brian Finneran was number 86 for most of my childhood, but I worry there's some recency bias at work. Jim Mitchell was the first great tight end in Falcons history, and he was a really good player during an era where tight ends were used very differently. Fourth round picked in 1969, Mitchell made the Pro Bowl as a rookie after starting every game. Mitchell followed up with the best season of his career, catching 44 passes for 650 yards, uh, and so forth. And there's, uh, goes on to give a lot of more stats. Uh, really, he's right. It's very, very good numbers here. And then back to you. It says, Finneran is a true fan favorite. He was one of the most reliable receivers early in Michael Vick's career and a good red zone threat. Although he was a full-time starter and only really twice during, started twice during his nine-year run with the Falcons, Finneran was a key part of the receiver rotation. As a starter in 20, 2002, Finneran put together his best season, 56 receptions for 838 yards and six touchdowns. When he wrapped up his time in Atlanta, Finneran had 3,072 yards and 19 touchdowns. So, mm -hmm. what I thought was cool about this was the author was clearly like, either there, you know, yeah. here, and, it, and, and you know, he's right. His, his, the uh, Jim Mitchell's numbers were arguably better than yours, and definitely in a time where tight ends weren't used like that too. Mm -hmm. So that definitely gives him a certain nod that you know, in a certain way. But I thought it was really cool. How he acknowledged you was like, look, it's hard to go away from Finneran on this one, but but here's where I ultimately land. Yeah, 69 to 79 is a long time ago, too. So, uh, But Jim Mitchell, congratulations. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take second place in the history of a jersey worn. Yeah. And that, that's a great career. And, and, and across put, all, all the teams, and not just not just the Falcons. You yeah. Know? So um, thank you to Falcoholic and whoever wrote that. I appreciate it. And um, well, I thought it was fun, and it was a definitely it's a definitely fun article just to follow and see what you know because it could have been Joseph Martinez. Well, it's not yeah. he's six or anything, but you know, or at least you weren't competing at number two. That's right. right. I'll take it. I'll take it and like it. It's funny because I I will look at who the Falcons. So I retired in two thousand. My last year playing was two thousand ten. Retired in eleven. And every year since then, I kept a pretty close eye on who's wearing number 86 mm -hmm. when I go to training camp mm -hmm. or see preseason games. Uh -huh. And I kind of hope and wish that the guys that wear number 86 don't make the roster. <laughs> Is that filthy mean? And I'm like, no, I mean, it's... Uh, it's it, I'd it's, rather not see guys running around on the field wearing my jersey. <laughs> and I still call it my jersey, which is well, ridiculous. No, I mean, of course it's yours. It's, I mean, beefing 86, it's, it's part of your identity for a big chunk of your life, and, and especially your career. Like, it's very tightly tied, as, as they are pointing out. I mean, this wouldn't... This article wouldn't exist if that right. weren't a thing, if that yeah. weren't true. So That's exactly right. I was This year, I think his name was Antonio Nunn, mm -hmm. uh, a little wide receiver. 
that probably doesn't have much of a shot of making this roster. So mm-hmm. that should be a good one. Well, for, for his sake, I hope he does. But for the sake of number 86 and your Thank ego, you. uh, let's Thank hope you. not. Let's pump it up. Well, that brings us to Finn's Ring of Honor. This is the one ring. Finn's Ring of Honor. Again, I'm going to go on a limit guess this wide receiver. This week's Ring of Honor for FinCast, we're going to go with one of my best friends in the world and uh, favorite teammates after the first couple years, uh, Roddy White. Roddy. Sherrod Lamar White, his government name. <laughs> and uh, uh, I call him that every once in a while. I think I have him in my, in my cell phone as Sherrod Lamar White, which he does That's not funny. like. He calls me Brian all, all the time All the more reason well. to do it. He calls me Brian all the time as well instead of Finn like most people do. Roddy White, 808 catches, 10,863 yards, and 63 total touchdowns. Best receiver in the history of the Atlanta Falcons franchise until, of course, Julio Jones came along. And the one good thing, before I talk about Roddy real quick, uh, the one good thing about Julio being traded to Tennessee when he was, after 10 years here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. is that he left Roddy White with one career uh, record for the Atlanta Falcons, which is touchdowns. And I always hounded... Number of touchdowns. Number of touchdowns. Yep. Career touchdowns for the Falcons. Roddy White with 63 receiving touchdowns. Julio Jones came in at 60 touchdowns, three short of Roddy White's record. So every other, pretty much every other record Julio Jones holds. Yeah. But Roddy White will forever keep that one until the next Julio or Roddy. And that's great because, I mean, Roddy is a ring of honor, mm-hmm. like an official, like the he ring is. of honor. His He's picture's in hanging in, um, but that's a first in, on the podcast, uh, on FinCast, excuse me. Both in the Falcons ring of honor and Finn's yes, ring of honor. Yes, correct. And and I had a chance to briefly meet Roddy, one of our call friends, and what a nice guy. Really funny guy, too. Mm-hmm. And and just on that short list, again, when I think of Falcons that like define my childhood and, and my fandom growing up, Roddy is the number one with a bullet. He was such a great competitor, super feisty. Took him a couple years to kind of learn what being a professional football player was all about. Living When you move to the city of Atlanta, you get caught up in the nightlife sometimes, and I think that's what happened to him. Ooh, Buckhead Brett. No question about it. He, <laughs> he, but he learned. He took him a year and a half to try to figure stuff out, and once he figured it out, I used to hound him about watching film or studying or taking notes during meeting time and everything else. Once he figured out how to do those things, which is about, like I said, a year and a half into this thing, he took off, and it was awesome to watch it happen. And he credits Paul Petrino, Bobby Petrino's little brother, to really pushing him on the football field, had him lose for four or five or six pounds, get down to like 208 instead of 215, be faster, be better, uh, work harder, all those things. And, and Roddy White, again, one of my favorite teammates, one of my favorite Falcons of all time, and and uh, in the Falcons Ring of Honor, and now congratulations, Roddy, in FinCast Finneran's Ring of Honor. And no, no such a higher, more dubious honor could be bestowed That's upon exactly a person. Right. <laughs> uh, well, this week's uh, Finn's Ring of Honor newest inductee, Roddy White. Well, with that, yeah, real quick, preseason game coming up, and we'll get yep. into it uh, on FinCast yeah, next, next week. Yep, it will be. Hopefully the starters get some action. Yes. This preseason so far has been a dud. Yeah, we haven't seen Matt Ryan. We haven't seen anything. And so we'll see what happens. I think, I don't even know, who do we play on Sunday night? Honestly, off the top of my head. Cleveland Browns come to town. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns come to town, NBC, and Sunday That, that night might football. be an actually dangerous team. I'm interested to see what the Browns oh, do this the season. season but. Awesome, yeah. All right, well, that wraps up this week's FinCast, uh, brought to us by our friends at Scana Energy. Uh, Finn, we will see you next week. Peace. Oh
Thank you for tuning in to FinCast, powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas provider of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran, co-hosted and produced by Tyler Nelson. Intro and outro music by Atlanta band Gringo Star with their song, I Will Not Follow. Feel free to reach out about the podcast to tyler at 680thefan.com. FinCast is hosted on thepodcastpark.com by 680thefan and can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week on FinCast. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 